0: It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, and welcome to episode 209 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jessica Jones, Deputy Executive Director here at NSI and currently rocking two pieces of NSI swag, and I'm joined by Jamil Jaffer, my boss and sometimes Tasmanian devil, and Lester Munson, uh, the original podcast star of NSI, who is rocking one piece of NSI swag, so less I'm up two to one.
1: Mine's bigger. (laughs)
0: today we're talking about uh, brazil brazil's done a lot of stuff and been in the news lately uh they've having an ongoing dialogue with russia brazilian president uh lula went to beijing over the weekend and it's caused a lot of feather ruffling here in the states and abroad. So let's, let's get down to the details. Earlier this week, Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Sergei Lavrov, visited Brazil and thanked the country for its push to end hostilities in Ukraine. Uh, and just last weekend, Brazilian President Lula, when he went to China, met with Xi Jinping and suggested that both Ukraine and Russia were s- responsible for the conflict and that the U.S. and the European Union were not committed to pursuing peace. And then that adds to early this month, Lula suggested Ukraine should just cede Crimea to end the war. To add more fodder, uh, Lula's also called for uh, China's territorial integrity to be respected when it comes to Taiwan. So a lot, lot going on. And then last month, actually, Lula's top foreign policy advisor met Putin in Moscow to just discuss peace, and suggested that Brazil could lead a peace club of neutral countries, including China, to mediate discussions between the two sides. Um, all of this can be seen as part of Lula's efforts to return the South American country to international re- relevance. So while Lula has been invited to Kiev, he has not taken up the invitation, and there have been no similar bilateral conversations between Brazil and Ukrainian officials. For its part, the White House has responded uh, to Lula's comments from the weekend, and uh, the NSC accused Lula of, quote, parodying Russian and Chinese propaganda. So, you know, what do we make of uh, Brazil's diplomatic overtures? Since coming to power, Lula has been trying to rebuild and uh, ties with partners. Do we buy their stance of, and I'm putting quotes, neutrality? Can they have an unaligned foreign policy? Les, I know you've got a lot of hot takes on this, so I'll go to you first.
1: The answer to your question is no. Uh, I think <laughs> I
2: think it is.
0: I like how Les
2: so mellow. <laughs>
1: I think it's clear that uh, Lula is a catastrophe. He's a perfidious, mendacious, (laughs) terrible person, a convicted felon, corrupt, awful, a disaster. Uh, And frankly, I think his performance here is very revealing for those who hadn't realized his true nature earlier. And folks who had supported him, including our president and many leaders in the president's party, in Congress ought to be explaining what their position is on Lula right now. And and uh, we need to change the conversation here in the U.S. about Brazil, we need to change the conversation internationally. I don't think it's appropriate that we slap a bunch of economic sanctions on Brazil because that's not really in our interest. But what we ought to be doing rhetorically from the White House and from the president's party is calling out Lula for his terrible behavior. This is not neutrality. This is being openly in favor of China and Russia. Russia on the world stage, which means it's anti-United States. And why an entire American political party would embrace a foreign leader who is anti-United States, I don't understand. It is delusional thinking. It's got to stop. And if it requires uh, the opposition party here in our country to call out the president, they ought to be doing that on the regular. This is really just totally outrageous and unacceptable.
0: Jamil, we heard a lot of adjectives there from Les. Do you you agree? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I guess, I, let's just pull it let's let's just pull us the source for by the way for those of you that can't see this podcast and we are online on video and youtube now so you should check it out for those of you who can't see it Les has this mirror behind him literally is like the red rum mirror uh, from the shining. Uh, so so uh, but but less like I just I, I, I get I don't disagree with you. Right. But the White House has been pretty tough on Lula, at least on this round. I mean, they accused him of parroting Russian and Chinese propaganda. I mean, that's like from this White House. That's pretty aggressive. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's fair to say they've just embraced him with no with no caveats. Um, Look, I think you're right. I think Lula is a is a disaster uh, for Brazil. Not that Jair Bolsonaro was so much more amazing. I mean, he was also a train wreck um, in his own in his own separate way. Um, but uh, but I mean, if I had to pick, I'd take Bolsonaro over Lula any any day. Um, but look. I mean, you're right. This is not this is not being unbiased. Uh, let's digest your question. This is not al- unaligned. I mean, we ju- we know from these U.S. classified documents, if you're if you're to believe what's been leaked, um, that China has agreed to arm Russia, um, and so this idea that China's part of the unaligned block or the neutral countries, part of the peace club. I mean, that's like, like that's club. the joke of the century. I mean, that's like I mean, ridiculous. I mean, if you have to call something a peace club. It's not a peace club. Right. I mean, I mean, this idea that, oh, well, you know, Ukraine should just give Crimea to the Russians, even though they've really had it for a decade now. And it's really the U.S.'s fault that we allowed them to keep it uh, from from our failed policies back in 2014. Um, I, I do think that pushback is important here, particularly it's our own in our own hemisphere. But I think we need a you know a carrot and sticks approach. Right. So, you know, we're we're Brazil's second largest trading partner after China. We have a twenty nine point eight billion dollar trade surplus with Brazil. Um, we can uh, we could. Look at a free trade agreement. You know, we could try to work that, and we can offer them that that carrot um along with the sticks of, of punching them in the teeth when they say stupid things. Lessers want to do economic sanctions. I think that's right, uh, but I think we need to offer them some some value, and I think a free trade agreement would be would be part of that.
0: So we put you know peace clubs in quotes, and and we laugh at it. But I mean, from an optics optics level, for other countries, do you think people are buying into that, or other countries and world leaders yes. seeing the U.S. and other European countries as? You know, continuing this conflict that has ripple effects across all these other countries, you know, like, and we see China being a mediator to a whole bunch of different agreements across the world. I mean, it was just in the headlines earlier this week trying to, they said they would offer to mediate Israel and Palestine. I mean, are they replacing us as this shuttle diplomacy? Like, how do we think other countries view this club?
1: Well, I'm I'm other countries are going to view it as they want to view it. I'm concerned about what our policymakers are saying and doing. And that's what that's what we ought to be focused on. And frankly, the Democratic Party has been way too pro Lula. There was there was a choice between Lula and Bolsonaro a few months ago. They had an election in Brazil. The entire Democratic Party embraced Lula because they see Bolsonaro as Trump like. They view Brazil through our own political lens. That is a huge mistake. We talked about this a few weeks ago uh, after the election, and there was some violence after the election in Brazil, and that's not great. And, Jamil, you're right, Bolsonaro is not at all perfect. He's got huge flaws but he's vastly better for the United States than Lula. And it's not even a close call. And that was readily apparent a year ago. We've known this for a long time. And yet our our politicians, our policymakers still see foreign policy through this partisan lens. We can't afford that anymore. We're in a real competition with China and Russia. We need to knock that stuff off and see the world as it is and act
2: accordingly. I think Les is right. I mean, this is gonna be the first time Les I actually agree on Les, something. Les, Les, Les is right. W, and know. he's
0: so happy. This is Thank made for his
2: Thank okay. you. Thank you. Well, that was okay with, that,
0: Les, with the W. that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Agacon and Rachel Domino from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates, debates shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And as Gilles, Jamil said, the Fault Lines crew is now on YouTube. So if you want to see us, please check YouTube. us out. You, <laughs> you can see our Video. smiling faces and it's swag. Thank you
1: get up boom